Welcome to another episode of Coffee and Conversations, where we look at the intersection of relationships, faith, and leadership. I am one of your co-hosts, Michael Clark. And I'm Christian Harden. We're so glad you joined us. Well, we've got a great episode again today. No guest. No guest. A little different. It's just us. We're going to switch it up and kind of build on what we talked about in our last episode. Yeah. uh, Where we get started. But tell us, Christian, a little bit, uh, because we like to talk about our coffee while we're having conversations. That's right. What'd you bring us today? Uh, I brought us a blend of Costa Rican and honey-processed Guatemalan. Mm. Yeah. Really delicious. From our friends over at Bryn. We have them down in the description. If you'd like to check out their website, you can order from them. They will ship anywhere to you. If you live in Knoxville... You are welcome to drive through their location, which is at Fellowship North Campus. Great coffee. Thanks, Brent, again. Thank you so much. For joining us for some great coffee. All right. Well, as we looked at last week, uh, we talked about what it is like to get started in something. And I think a lot of people, um, you know, in 2020, they maybe had to get innovative. They had to get creative with what they had been doing. Models were changing, uh, business models, church models, not mm-hmm. whatever yep. it was shattered. Um, but I think a lot of us, we sense like, man, I really feel like this has been placed in my heart to do. Um, but, but where do I go from here? Right. Having it in my heart. And, uh, we talked with my dad, your grandfather, yeah. um, which I've gotten to watch how the Lord has developed them and called them and they would just get started with what they had. Yeah. Um, and that's, what's so neat is that when we step out and trust the Lord that, wow, you're going to be in this, even if I'm a Moses and I stutter, uh, even if I feel inadequate, um, that I don't have enough men and I'm a Gideon, I'm going to watch the Lord do something great. Right. Uh, so you just start with what you have. Yep. Um, so, but I think there's this other side of the coin for me that as we say yes throughout our lives, um, there's this accumulation of what the Lord has led us into, what we what we are even um, privy to be a part of, which is, you know, everything I feel like in my life is such a uh, it's it's a pleasure and an honor to be to be able to be a part of what God has called me to do. But it didn't happen all overnight. Yeah, uh, and I don't know about you, Christian. I'm I'm kind of curious as I look up to people, I look up to them because I'm like, wow, man, look at look at how they're able to juggle all things well. Look at how it seems like they've got their personal life, their family life, their ministry life, their professional. It's like all together. They've yeah. got it like tied up, buttoned, looks nice. And I'm like, they're they're doing so much. Right. And I'm I'm barely keeping it together over here. Yeah. It's that beautiful family photo that you see when you walk in and you don't see what's also behind the doors of what happens when you have all these yeses or you have all those things that come together. Um for me, I know I was looking, but like looking back, um, it was young life leaders. It was past mentors. Um, a lot of those, it was for me, it was those that shared what was behind those doors to all the yeses they had said or accumulated. Um, but those like Mark shared soccer went on to play at the NMLS level, uh, which is nuts. And you look up to that and, but none of those other baggage or skeletons that come with it. You're just like, man, he's in the MLS. He's involved in a church. He's leading this. He's leading that. He's getting married. He's in San Diego. He's traveling the world. Um, Photographers, for me, in that photography age, you you can watch YouTube videos and you see all the good photos, the good videos, where they're heading when there's not a pandemic and they're able to travel and 
uh, do they're they're getting ads from their YouTube videos or they're getting jobs for like GM or Ford or Acura and you're like man this is all from YouTube and so you're just like <laughs> the those are like the, they're just able to bring in so yeah. much job experience and a lot of them will take it for the experience and the pay is nice absolutely pay is, pay is nice let's not, let's not kid ourselves yeah they're gm ford they will they will pay you a lot to to do a santa claus ad and make him look good <laughs> but but how do you get from the beginning of of an interest and a passion to all that and there's there's this price that is paid and i think there's this character that is formed yeah um that is part of the process you just you don't want to shortcut it because we, I think those are the people we see in the headlines that lives are falling apart when you shortcut some of these processes yeah. uh, and character isn't developed. And, and even during the process and throughout the process, you realize, man, I really have to have accountability. I really need people in my life that continue to invest in me and mentor me and lift up my arms. But it, from the beginning, there is this carrot of calling, so to speak, that is hanging in front of you that keeps driving you, yeah. that keeps you uh, focused and and directed in your life and, and in what you're pursuing um, that allows you to continue to say yes. And as you say yes, I think more doors open. The biblical principle for me is that the Lord gives to those who are using what He's already given them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the talents that were buried that those were taken from. Um, that, no, you're not going to use what I already gave you. Why would I give you more? Right. And so when you use what you have, it's like, then then you can be trusted with more. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are faithful with little, then you will be faithful with much. Yeah. Uh, so it, it accumulates, it grows. Right. And I think it's in our relationships we see that. Um, and, and it's in every area. Like if, if you can be trusted to uh, do well in, in these few relationships, then you will see more. Right. Um, if you will be faithful to mentor these, then you'll mentor more. If you're faithful with this influence I've given you, this business venture, this whatever it is, ministry, then I'll then he'll open up the doors for more. Right. You're always saying that um, you will take on what you can handle, and if you can't, you will grow into being handle to be able to handle what you mm. have taken on. Yeah. But what happens when you don't? So the flip side, right? So, man, I was I was with uh, some a pastor this morning, and we were just talking about this verse that uh, gets quoted out of context, First Corinthians ten, where Paul is talking about temptation, and he's used the Israelites as an example, and he's saying, mm-hmm. uh, you, "The Lord will never give you more than you can handle." Right. You hear it all how the time. Many, yeah. How many times have you yeah. heard that? Well, God bless them, you know. It, but the truth is, is like, yeah, He may not, but but I might. Yeah. I might step into some things in my fleshly desire or, or nature that that I wanted to do that he wasn't in the middle of, or there's just consequences to making fleshly decisions, um, sin or not sin, um, selfish ambition, pursuing my own dreams versus his. There's just consequences to that. And while I can't like shift the blame to him and say, well, he, you know, he won't give me. Yeah. But maybe you walked into more than you should have. Right. Um, and then the flip side is he's faithful and the things that he calls us to take up, it, it, it isn't more, but is it a is it a yoke? It is a yoke that is easy. Right. It is a cross of self denial. It is sharing one another's burdens. These are the things that he has called us to take up, right. to carry. Um, and I think when we find ourselves in another place, uh, somewhere along the way, I think he may be asking us to lay some things down that we picked up that he didn't. He doesn't either want us to hold anymore, 
uh, or we were never intended to hold. So, yeah. uh, you know, I've seen that in my own life, and I think that's a little bit of where we want to go today. Yeah. Is how in this process of saying yes to things and the accumulation of that in your life, do you can you sense a rhythm of you know what I I think it's time to actually scale back and find margin yeah. again. I think it's uh, self care is real, mm-hmm. um, and we've had a few great guests. Uh, Reeves Wilder, our very first church yep. planner here yep, in yep. Knox, uh, which we need to have tacos with again. Mm-hmm. But he talked about that self care piece and how important it is. There's others in this city that when you mention their name. That is what comes to my mind because it's almost like that's become their calling to promote that self-care among leaders in our city. Right. Uh, Neil Anderson being one that comes to mind right here next door at Thrive. Um, so th- there's folks that you just appreciate. But for me, um, I look back at my life and the people I looked up to, and then as I began to say yes to some ministry uh, positions and honestly said no f- to them first— but then we felt like the Lord was in it. I didn't feel qualified. I didn't feel like it was the right time or place. But, 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 but God was in it. Yeah. And so I said yes to Him, and I grew into it. Um, and then a, a few years later, the Lord asked, "Would you would you do this too? Would you mm-hmm. not just work at a nonprofit? Would you consider working at a church? Because there's some things I need to work out in you." Hmm. Um, and and I felt like the Lord had even called me to work in the church side of ministry because there were some chips on my shoulder that he needed to rub away, um, some perspectives I had that he needed to shift. Sure. And um, I love how he is he's still going to use you, but he's also going to transform you. Yeah. Um, and we're still on that journey uh, to see his likeness you know, in us more and more each day from glory to glory. And so saying yes to these things, and then the Lord would call my family to, to be involved in foster care. Um, and all honesty, I thought I was just supporting my wife in that in that endeavor and, and, right. and dream. And um, little did I know, I it was still he uses all things again to transform us into his image. And in mm-hmm. and, and that process, it was another layer of that. And to see it in my kids, yeah. um, to see my kids, which are third generation now, coming coming alongside and working in ministry at Kiko. That's awesome. Uh, and what it's doing in there, and then foster care, and how it's expanded their heart, not cause them to harden or uh, be bitter against or, you know, feel like it's divided their family's time and affection, but but how it's caused them to grow. And I think it would be really neat to even talk to them. Yeah, it would be. Like, what does that look like third generation down? Even as kids, can you articulate it on a podcast? Yeah. Um, and maybe that's what we'll do next. We'll have to see. But, but this accumulation of yeses, um, to serving as a chaplain with the sheriff's department, to serving as a foster and then adoptive parent, which is a messy world, uh, to serving uh, on staff and even a lead pastor for a couple of years, serving as an executive director. I found myself at a place of just burnout. Yeah, I don't know if you can relate. Um, there's been a couple of different times in my life where I would say, man, I was just burnt out. I was yeah. toast. Yep, yep. And I didn't know what to do to, to fix it, to change it. Yeah. Um, and I found myself there a couple years ago. Um, I had hit my ceiling. Um, I found myself just managing stress poorly. Um, I had just, you know, turned to things that um, it wasn't it wasn't God for me. Yeah. Um, and it was it was impacting my spiritual life and it was impacting my relationships in my home. My margin was slim, next to none. Didn't have outlets that were healthy. Um, to go and de-stress and, and nothing for me personally. Uh, and so I was reactionary to my wife, to my kids. And mm-hmm. then I'm then I'm full of shame because I, I have reacted. And right. then the cycle continues, right? right? right. Um, but how do we, in this process of saying yes, 
find a rhythm of also finding rest. Right. And I think that's so crucial. I, I, can you relate to just being burnt out and, and that yeah. rhythm of... Uh, it's the snowball thrown down a mountain that ends up accumulating. So if like your first yes is that snowball and you throw it down a mountain or roll it down, eventually it's it's the giant ball that you see in cartoons that just hits a wall and just... Eventually explodes. Explodes, yeah. And so that's, I mean... I don't think I've ever taken on five or six things like you. But what I have done is when I say yes to things, um, because I am a yes man. And so whether it's um, whether it's uh, being a young life leader, and so that's a yes to that. And then that comes with a ton of yeses in the form of students um, that I say yes to because they want to hang out. And so yes, 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 yes. Um, I've said yes to a girlfriend at the time. And so those comes with their own yes, 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 yes. And then uh, you're in school and you want to graduate on time. And so I had to say yes to 22 hours in a semester, credit hours. It was a huge yes, which came with classes full of having to attend and do the work and group projects. Requirements. Yeah. Yeah. Forced yeses, you know, yeah. because this is what you signed up for. You have all these boxes. With each yes, you have boxes to check. You have expectations that you have to meet. And if you don't, you don't, you know, you miss. Like those yeses will eventually break or you will lead to burnout, which is where I think this conversation is heading. Yeah. Um, for me, because I'm dropping little nuggets in here. of So this is my this was my senior year of college uh, with leading a group of guys that I've been with since for two years now. Uh, I was serious with a girlfriend at the time. Um, I was trying to graduate college, at, and I did want to go another semester because that was another probably like five, six grand at UT to take mm. two credits, uh, <laughs> which is all I lacked. And so I just forced it into one. So here I am signing a waiver that says I will seek counseling if I need it. I will not harm myself, and UT is not liable. <laughs> And not forcing me, wow. to, yeah, not forcing me to take twenty-two hours. I think it was some ridiculous. <clears throat> and so from there, um, we end with, where do I put my energy? Where do I put my time? Yeah, because I'm very much I'm different than you in the sense that you are able to juggle, 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 uh, and I'm really good at one thing. And then I can catch it, set it down, pick up another one, and mm. so I am very like one thing at a time, but I'm a yes man. So how do you do that? How do you navigate that? Uh, And I didn't do it well because the person that I cared about a lot, she gets keep, she gets put back with everything that I accepted. And I've been, we've been dating for a year and a half, close to two years. We're coming up in two years. So in those two years, I mean, she's seen herself slowly move back. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the name of these good yeses, I mean, these are good things. Graduating college is a great thing. Sure. Investing in students while being invested as a young life leader in college, those are good things. Figuring out what I want to do next, whether that's Cedar Springs or going to PR. So figuring out my path. Those are, I mean, that's a good thing. So yeses don't have to be bad things, but yeah. all of them accumulated together, turned into, she broke up with me where we had our first date. We went there. It was not easy. Uh, I knew it was coming. We both did. Um, and it was hard. It was hard to do, be at the same place that we went on our first date four years prior. Uh, we didn't date right away. We went on a date, but we didn't date right from that. But that's where we that's where we went, right after Sonic. And so that was hard. Uh, no, We didn't really say much before. 
we had the hard conversation and then she left and I was there to sit and think and walk and ponder. Um, the breakup didn't last long and now I'm married to this girl. Yeah. I'm glad she called me on my stuff. Yeah. I have a similar story with my wife. I'm glad she called me on my stuff and that she was strong enough because if she didn't care about me as a person, she wouldn't have. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know who needed to hear that. Maybe someone's going through the same thing and trying to figure out, navigate all of that. But yeah, this and that can be relationships with parents, siblings, yeah. significant others, bosses, bosses. Yeah, uh, and you're you want to have a social life. Um, so what do you do about like how do we add a pandemic into that? Oh yeah, yeah. I don't and social well being and and yeah, mental uh, health and yeah. You know, there's a there's a book that always really um, it spoke to me. I had a board member recommend it to me um, when I started saying yes to a lot of things. Uh, it was originally titled "Choosing to Cheat" by Andy Stanley. Hmm down in Atlanta. And, um, this board member has really been a mentor. Um, I just really value just the way he leads relationally. Um, but he's so, he's not just efficient, he's actually effective, which is that blend of creativity and, um, and uniqueness and allowing people to be themselves. He's, he's effective, an effective leader. And so he said, Michael, you, you can't be the best husband and the best boss and the best employee and the best um, father and the best all these things. You, at the end of the day, will have to choose who you cheat because you only have so many hours, you only mm-hmm. have so many whatever. And and we have different seasons. Uh, you're getting ready to enter the season of when you have young children. Um, and so that's a different season than when you're an empty nester. And that's a different season than when you're a college student. And that's in a different season than when you're an entrepreneur and starting a business versus I've got it established and uh, I'm able to hand off things and I yep. should be hand off. You know, there's different seasons and we have to recognize that. But, um, but at the end of the day, who are we going to choose to cheat? Mm-hmm. Who are we willing to say, you know, I'm going to give them a little less because I've got to give more over here. If it's at work, then I have to take it away from the pot that goes to my family, to right. my spouse. And and ultimately, Andy Stanley said, you know what? I'm not giving uh, my job more than 40 to 45 hours a week. He was planting a church. Mm-hmm. And there's no successful church planner that would say, yeah, 40 to 45 hours, you can absolutely get it done. <laughs> but he was he was choosing. I've got young kids at home. I'm This is all I'm going to give. And God, whatever you can do with that, I will give you a hundred percent in those 40 to 45 hours, but I'm not going to cheat my family. Mm, I'm good. not going to watch what is at home fall apart, um, on the altars of what I'm going to call ministry. And so I was really challenged by that, um, because that's so in, in our lives are this accumulation of all these relationships and experiences. You know, um, Craig Rochelle says we are the sum of our relationships and experiences. And, and many of them are, the accumulation of what we talked about last week, where my parents said yes uh, to someone who had said yes to the Lord, who was willing to share faith in a moment of of, uh, of just breakdown. But we are the accumulation of all these yeses, of these relationships and experiences. Um, and it's so, it's so vital that in that we discern, what is it though? Yeah that is going to allow me to maintain health? How do I communicate that with folks around me that can hold me accountable, that are that social strength? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think a lot of times we don't give ourselves the grace to grow in that um, and to lay things down and to realize that sometimes the most spiritual thing we can say is no 
and and set something aside because you you're a yes person and I'm a yes person but we're wired very very differently and people listening right now they're like yeah I'm a yes person but it's more about my performance and how I've been dri- you know people have driven me and my parents did this and and my you know that reflects who I am if I'm a I'm a type A or I'm not a type A I'm I'm super relational but I don't want to let people down and I you know I I, I want to say yes all the time and you end up at the same place yeah. Even though you're wired differently, you end up at the same place of burnout. Yeah, that's us. Yeah, that's yeah. We're opposites here across the table. Yep. Um, but you see it. You see the accumulation and opportunity. I don't think Joseph thought that his yes to the dreams God put in his heart as a teenager would lead him to a pit with his brothers, lead him to a prison in another country, sold as a slave, to ultimately get him to a palace. Mm. I just don't think that sometimes we don't see the yeses and them leading to things we never thought would be a part of the journey is the process that God has for us because he's forming something in us that is eternal. It's his Mm -hmm. character, his nature. Yeah. But... Yeah, I hear that. So here's something really cool. You're the one that turned me on to this book, Scary Close by Don Miller. Donald. Donald. And I love this quote. Um, I think we can relate to it in this conversation. Uh, He says this in Scary Close. He says... It's on page 43 through 45. This is kind of put together here. But the problem is this, he says, those of us who are never satisfied with our accomplishments secretly believe nobody will love us unless we're perfect. It's all connected, he says, with the belief human love is conditional, but human love isn't conditional. No love is conditional. If love is conditional, it's just some sort of manipulation masquerading as love. He says, grace only sticks to our imperfections. Those who can't accept their imperfections can't accept grace either. Yeah, and it's so good. I think. Yeah. I think right now, um, me and you in this room, uh, in the studio, and those listening, mm-hmm. just be encouraged uh, in your imperfections, in the accumulation of your yeses, maybe even in what you're seeing as potential burnout, or you're like, oh no, it's not potential. I'm I'm way past <laughs> that point. Allow God's grace right now to just breathe in those places of, of your weaknesses, of your yeah. imperfections. That's where it sticks. It's not in our supposed ability to keep it all propped up and held together, but it's in our inability to do it on our own and say, God, I'm utterly dependent on you. I literally can't do it. Yeah. I can't be all things to all people. I have to choose to cheat something. And, and right now, God, I'm choosing not to cheat my soul in my relationship with you. I need your grace. Yeah. And I no, think there's some good. folks listening that just need to hear that. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, I didn't hit burnout. Going back to your question, though, yeah. and not to skip over that, I didn't hit burnout then. Um, I knew that things were, trees were getting broken, limbs as my, like, big ball of yeses were heading down this mountain. People were going to get hurt, and I cared, but I also knew what I had to be done. So I'm trying to pick up these pieces and mend it and uh, created, like, a, I guess, like a, a bad habit of just, feeling that way which is like empathetic you know he's like oh but it's it was almost like false empathy if you that if that Mm. makes sense of like yes okay i heard desley i'm gonna i'm gonna fix this now and we'll continue on and then the okay these guys are graduating i'll just get they're going off to college i will get more guys uh and then i'm at cedar springs now and so now i'm trying to juggle ministry out west and ministry at stem and then i switched to halls and so like and things are going well at cedar springs there's a lot of turnover i'm not connecting and i you could probably see where this is going i just shut down from both and spent mm. a year of 
not really doing good in either area. Uh, and neither one is like there to fulfill me, but I felt that I'm a people pleaser. Pleaser. So I wanted, yeah. I wanted people to see the work that I was doing and know that I was doing my best. Yeah. And I, I wasn't, um, and I wasn't putting in the effort. And so burnout for me looked like that. I just yeah. shut down. I stopped trying. I showed up. I just stopped trying. I stopped putting in effort. Um, as I didn't have my, you know, let's be honest, we have, we have a, a cup full of water and we can only pour it out so many yeah. times yeah. over so many things. And so Until you're cracked and dry. Yeah. It was two years later from that moment. Uh, at this point I'm engaged or even early marriage. Um, and you know, something had to give. And so I had to start giving things up, you know? So, um, that looked like less time at halls. And I was like, Hey, I'm just going to be a guitarist for this season. Uh, I don't have time. I don't have the capacity to do all these things with these students. And so from there, um, it was just figuring it out. It was, it was almost mending. It was pulling back. Mm. And I think if you, in you're the same way with burnout, you do have to, you do have to pull back. You do have to self care. You do have to yeah. take care of your soul. And I think a lot of that was, uh, with our spiritual aspect of this podcast is I was cheating. I was cheating God in that because I felt, um, I'm working at a church. I'm doing young life. Mm. I'm reading, I'm studying. I'm, I mean, I'm reading the entire Bible. I'm reading theology. Like these things are good. Yeah. Good in quotations. Um, and sure they are. Um, but what may, what was good was also like killing me. You yeah, know, in a way yeah. of like, just like feeling so much pressure. Um, hmm. So it's where I, I can see sometimes where the, the good things we have in our life can replace the great things. Yeah. Um, it's, it's Mary and Martha who have both the opportunity to sit at the feet of the Jesus of Jesus. And one is distracted mm-hmm. as Jesus would say, by all the things that need to be done when the other is, is doing what, can only be done in that yeah. moment, which is to sit at his feet. And and I think that happens so often in, in life and ministry and busyness, um, especially in our culture. Boy, we value getting stuff done. Yep. Boy, we value, and, and we really pro- we prop up a full calendar. Like, wow, look at that. We brag about these things that are probably detrimental to our soul. I have 20 weddings this year. Yeah. Ah. I've, look at how I got all this done. I, I took 22 hours. I graduated in three years. I did the, we, we brag about these things that wear us down and distract us. We're distracted by so many things, the busyness of our schedules in our lives. And boy, 2020 said, Hey, I think some of y'all need to hit reset on this. Yeah, You need to find a rhythm of rest mm-hmm. that comes from only taking up what I've put on you, and my yoke is easy. So if you're weary, Jesus says, you've missed it. Come back to me. Yeah, Allow me to give you something that, that you don't have right now, mm-hmm. which is rest for your souls. And I think that's what we have to find in the midst of all this, um, is wh- where is rest in that piece? Yeah. Um, how do we find margin again? How do we not... Ch- uh, choose to cheat the things that are really, really yeah. important. Because you know who can't be a husband to your wife? Everyone else but you. You're the only one. That's right. And you know who can't be a father to Penny? Everyone else but you. Those are those are there's certain roles that we have in this world that only we can be. And those are the ones that we can't choose to yeah. cheat. Yeah, I wonder when, if, hopefully, 
the pandemic, when it starts to reside, I just, I fear what our culture will look like. And that's because, okay, we're online now. Mm. So we work online, but social life will be booming. It'll be the roaring 20s all over again, except work never leaves you because it's in your house now. Yeah, yeah. What's going to spawn from that? What is that going to look like? And I'm just, I'm nervous that if Hmm. burnout will look harder because now it's going to enter the home. Because it's blended. It's blended. Yeah. And, And it's hard to distinguish which I'm not necessarily against. I just think no. we have to be able to have healthy boundaries. And yeah. I think a lot of times, I don't think we need to have, um, I don't think we always have to have this um, work and personal life. And yeah. I don't think we have to have like personal friends and work friends. Right. I, think, I think we just have friends yeah. and we have a life. And I think we need to know when to balance. And I think we have to be able to juggle that well. But I think the blending isn't necessarily a bad thing no. if we want to allow burnout to come in. If mm-hmm. we, And I think a lot of burnout comes from different things. I think it comes from taking on too much, or I think it also can come from placing uh, expectations in the wrong places or having yeah. wrong expectations and you get let down. Yeah. And so you get burnout in, in different ways. You know, sometimes it is the right things and the right expectations, but it's just too much. Yep. Um, or you've got the wrong expectations and you're disappointed and you find burnout in that. Um, but I think in our social life, I think it's going to be really, really crucial that um, the online experience doesn't replace what is real. Mm-hmm. Uh, because face-to-face will never replace what I'm having online. You can take an online class. Education is going to be probably the most critical dynamic that has changed forever. Workplace and education. Yeah. Uh, and I was listening to a podcast yesterday about um, it was a couple of just leaders in that in that space with both uh, an employee at Facebook uh, and one who does a lot of research in that arena. And they were talking about, you know, my daughter's taking these classes and learning Mandarin and, um, you know, goes to a Spanish-speaking school and is going to learn that, you know, learning multiple languages is just normal. And she's learning them online and she's uploading things to a cloud and she gets feedback the same way from a professor who uploads, you know, feedback and Mm -hmm. they watch it. So that's going to be a normal space for another generation below us. But what doesn't need to be replaced is, but I still want my child to go and meet people that speak this language in their context and understand their culture and and the the nuances of how they say it and and appreciate the yeah. richness that's behind it. So we can't just replace, hey, I work from home and I have Zoom meetings with no, I still need contact with these people yeah. so that I have understanding. Yeah. Because it's, you don't get that through a screen. Yeah. It's reading the about the Sistine Chapel and what went in, or it's it's looking at it. It's seeing it and all of its beauty. It's, you don't get the vastness from the words yeah, yeah. as much as you do from just being there. Yeah, that's so yeah. true. Yeah, and we need that in our relationships, and and hopefully in the accumulation of your yeses, you find the rhythm for for rest. Um, and if you're at a place of burnout, man, what I just really encourage you. It, it took me reaching out and saying I needed help, mm-hmm. um, which I think a lot of folks are just like, especially um, maybe men are less prone. To say, hey, I'm going to go and, and, and actually get professional counseling. Yeah. And that's what I had to do. I remember it was a January, and I really felt like that season, uh, that ceiling had been hit. Yeah. I couldn't take on any more. Uh, and I called uh, some Christian counselors here in town, and I was like, how much is it to come in? What is it per session? I don't have insurance. And I was like, how much? No, I'm good. I can figure this out on my own. That was yeah. my thought. But finally... A few weeks later, I was like, "No, I've got to, I've got to reach out. I need help." Yeah, and uh, and it's okay to do that. And I think normalizing mental health and professional counseling um, is is a step to that. 
Yeah, there's benefits to not knowing anything about the person you're sitting across from Absolutely. and vice versa. One of my favorite characters in all of television, uh, Randall Pearson. This uh, is us. This is us. Had a hit. He hit a multiple, he's hit multiple walls, but it took four seasons of us watching, which is four years of him hitting, having anxiety breakdown after breakdown after breakdown before he would finally seek counseling. Um, and as a male, that was huge. Usually you see the women are, yeah. are bringing the, the man along, but it's he for whatever reason, the writers, which was good, decided to write yeah. an African-American male getting yep. and seeking counseling from all the things that he was, he's just been holding on to for so long. And, and initially in that show, for anyone that watches it uh, or doesn't, initially from a white female, mm-hmm. but then finding someone that looked like himself. Yeah, that's huge. And I think that's really, really, really yeah. huge. Yeah. yeah. If you're if you're a female and need counseling, get it from a, get it from a female. Yeah. Uh, and if if your shade's a little darker than mine, find someone that's got that same shade that, yeah. that is trained and, and can really help. Because they know what it's like to be you. Absolutely. And sometimes we just don't. It's so important. So important. Yep. Well, I hope those that have been listening have enjoyed uh, today's podcast. A little bit different. A little bit shorter. A little bit shorter. And we want people to reach out to us. Uh, if this podcast has blessed you um, or encouraged you in any way, we really would invite you to uh, like it, review it, leave us some feedback wherever you listen to it, whether right. it's uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, another uh, provider. Please just leave us yeah. leave us some feedback in there. It helps us. It also helps others find us. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you can always contact us directly at coffeeconvospodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you would like to discuss um, or maybe some thoughts and ideas that you've had as we have had these discussions together. Until next time.